man what's good this is your boy d johnson on the mic for talk that ish um a lot of things we need to talk about for this nba world so i'm not gonna hold y'all any longer i told y'all 14 games we were in 19 20 games into the nba season a lot to talk about a lot of trade rumors i think will happen and we're gonna go ahead and dive right into it because i have a lot to talk about for all the teams a lot of changes i've made to my picks now i've seen some of these teams play um, let me tell you a little bit about hot take so here's how we do hot take y'all I will go through all the latest games that have been played. Of course, we're playing some games tonight, so I will go into what happened Friday and um, Wednesday when the last couple games have been played um, of all the teams. And I will give you my two cents on both sides as well as, roughly, you know, just kind of a brief little two cents on how the game went uh, from a box score perspective because I didn't watch all the games, of course, but the box score will tell me a lot that I need to know. Um, I've kind of got a chance to see all the teams this season. Um, there have been a lot of shockers. Um, I did a separate video about the gold, excuse me, a separate podcast about the whole Golden State situation. So go check that out when you get a chance. I'm not going to go too much into that drama because there's a whole podcast of its own for Golden State. My two takes on that and why I think that Golden State will not win the championship this year. Yes, you heard it here. Now, I'm not a hater. There's some facts that are presented to me that I've seen them in their play that presents and i'll point them out this podcast but more detail i went in detail for the golden state podcast so go check that one out um i think i came out with that maybe a, um, about five or six days ago so go check it out um i got some some facts behind um you know why i think that golden state will not win the championship in fact I think they'll go to the championship and I think they'll lose um, to a different team. I picked the Boston Celtics, but I am changing my pick. That's the beautiful thing about hot take. Um, last time I gave y'all a hot take was game seven. We have had 13 games. I've had some room to look at who's improved, who is not. Um, we can't consider and say that it's too early anymore. We are into the season. Uh, we're getting ready to be in, in December pretty soon. And so at this point, this is pretty much the almost one-fourth of the way through the season that we are at so the next time y'all be getting a hot take from me will be um games 34 and 35 that'll be kind of right before all-star um so we'll be talking about some things there there's definitely been some changes between game seven and game 18 excuse me 19 and 20 that we're going to be reflecting so we're going to go ahead and dive right into it um let's talk about this lakers and jazz game because i'm a lebron fan we're gonna go ahead and start right let's talk about um this so la last time that i talked about la i said i have them being a seventh seed um, bottom tier um with how the west is shaking out you know the lakers are right there um everybody i think they're like a game a game and a half um behind first first place i have to look at the standings overall real quick let me actually do that so i can give you all an accurate depiction so we have oh wow we have la the la clippers sitting at 12 and 6 oklahoma city sitting 12 and 6 memphis sitting 12 and 6 in third place they're all tied for third place i think some tiebreakers here and there because i think they they might have played each other i've um separated them even though they have the same record and then you have a uh a four through seven uh three-way tie for a seven loss team but the difference is golden state's played 20 games denver's played 19 denver um portland's played ni- uh, 19 and lebron and the lakers have played 18 so they still got some work to do i noticed that early for some weird reason within the last couple weeks 
LeBron and they've only played like two or three games a week where everybody else even played four or three. So I guess they'll, their season will pick up a little bit as the holidays go because now everybody's playing on the holidays and obviously the second half of the season because, you know, come MLK Day, I think that LeBron and company will be playing that. And so they won't have any holidays off because of the lack of games they played earlier in the season. So... LeBron is they're only a game behind first place. I think if they go 12 and 7, um they might even move up to be honest with you. Um Denver started out strong, but like I told you guys then, I said I have them being their their solid fifth seed. They're sitting in the fifth seed right now. Um I think once they get Isaiah Thomas back, I think they'll be a team to beat. Um but let's go into this Jazz versus um, LA. I'm going to start with the Jazz. The Jazz started out really strong. I think they had a great record to begin with, but that's a testament to um, the NBA season. Things can change really, really quickly. They're at 8 and 11, so they're on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. I think they're like 11th or 12th in the Western Conference right now. Um, I think I still think they are a playoff team. And the, the problem is, you know, teams aren't surprised by, um, by Mitchell anymore. Um, and what I mean is like, you know, when you have a breakout season, like, um, like my man Mitchell did, um, Donovan Mitchell did his, his first year where we didn't see him coming. We didn't see him, um, essentially replacing the loss of Gordon Hayward when he was moved to Boston. Um, he came in and was able to give teams fits cause they didn't know about him. They didn't know how to defend him, but he's been in the league a year. He's appearing in more people's, um, and more people's uh, scouting reports. So teams are starting to defend him a little better. Now, for Donovan Mitchell, I think he's a bona fide star. Um, I think he's a couple years away from being an all-star just because of his position, the shooting guard. I can name about three shooting guards that are better than Donovan Mitchell. And it's not because of ability. It's because of age and wisdom. Um, He's been, you know, hit with the injury bug early. Um, he did not finish his game out. He played 12 minutes overall, and he just, he had a pretty subpar, a really awful night. I think he went two of nine. He had four points. He's not the player. And then you have guys like Gobert and Ingles and Favors. They're great role players, but they're not difference makers this season. Gobert is getting exposed on the offensive side. I've never seen that because Gobert is a seven, a pure seven foot tall center. And you know, to to see that he's a defensive nightmare, um, he doesn't show that offensively. He's not showing that same aggression on the offensive side. And to me, I think that's pretty weird <laughs> that you have a great uh, defensive player of the year uh, guy, um, um, NBA All Defense of uh, a player who doesn't care so much for the uh, offensive side. It's pretty unique. But he's got to give you more. I think he has to be a difference maker this year behind Mitchell. Um, I like the production that they're getting from Crowder off the bench. He had five points tonight, so obviously it wasn't really too well. And then, of course, the shooting you're going to get from Cephalosha when he decides to shoot a little bit more. I think he only had one touch, but he didn't get too many minutes off the bench tonight. But the Jazz as a whole have been out of sync. I mean, let's not forget, at one point this season, they were blown out by 54 points. Um, I know I had this team at about the sixth seed, in my humble opinion, or somewhere between the sixth or eighth seed. I believe I have to listen back to my old podcast. But I think that the Utah Jazz are going to be fighting all season to get into the playoffs. I do think they're about a, they're on pace to be about a 45 to 49 win team. 
Um, to be honest, the way the West is stacking up, if you win 52 games, you might very well be a top three seed in the in the, in the West. Um, I think it's going to be about 56 games. That will be the first seed to me because Golden State isn't Golden State when Steph Curry goes down. It's been exploited very heavily. And we'll get into that in a second when I get to them. But Utah has a lot of work to do. They have a lot of figuring things out and their schedule doesn't get any harder, excuse me, any easier um, as the season progresses. Um, I don't see them matching really well. And I think if Donovan Mitchell doesn't elevate his game, which he's going to have to, um, he's going to have to start giving you at least 25 to 30 points per night um, or averaging 25 points per night um, for this team to be successful. Um, he can't give you just 20 points anymore because you know what you're getting from Ingles from the um, three-point department from a shooting perspective. I can always depend on him. Rubio, he's up and down. Gobert, is an offensive liability. Favors, you know what you're getting from him. Um, I think this team needs to go make a trade. Um, I would I would like to see them go get somebody that can kind of be another offensive option for the uh, Utah Jazz. Because if not, I just see them being a bottom tier Western team that would be bumped in the first round this year. I don't think they're going to get lucky and go to the second round because this team has definitely changed between last year and this year. And that's what happens a little bit when we see uh, a rookie who had a great year last year um, be studied on and teams start to attack him more, come at him more. And then it doesn't help that he was injured throughout this uh, the start of this year to now. Um, so we'll see what the Utah Jazz do. That's my prediction from them. I think they'll be maybe where the Lakers are at right now, fighting for a seventh or eighth seed. And I think the Lakers will make a jump up from my early predictions. I think I had them at uh, as a fourth seed, and I still do stand by that. I think the Lakers will be a fourth seed. I think these guys are going to – LeBron's going to get them to 50 wins, I believe. Um, what's scary about the L.A. Lakers, and I've watched quite a few games – they're doing this um, because LeBron is having is being LeBron, but also what I you know what I noticed about LeBron is he's stepping out the way and really giving these young guys a chance to show him what he can what they can do come playoff time. LeBron is thinking about thinking several moves ahead um, in November, believe it or not, because he understands that they're not contending for a championship this year. I'm not gonna be that guy. Um, I think they they get to the semifinals, and I think they're going to lose. Uh, they're good enough to win one round, um, but they're not ready quite yet. And the reason why I say that is because if Lonzo Ball, who gave me a headache when I looked at the uh, um, at the Cleveland game, because he, you know, he you see him attack, you see what he can be, and you say, man, that guy can be a good second option. He can run the offense when LeBron's sitting. He can be aggressive and get layups when he's on the fast break. When he's confident in his jump shot, he can be a between an 18 and 22 point uh, per night guy. But then he has his passive aggressiveness and you know, he's questioning his jump shot. He's passing, making an extra pass where he should be shooting the ball. And it pisses you off because you see the potential, but it's like, you know, you hear the rumors of, oh, we should package Lonzo. Oh, you know, maybe we should go get a Campbell Walker or somebody else. And it's like you look at those type of plays where he's not aggressive. Um, he's airballing threes. He's passing out of open layups that he has to um, uh, a covered Kuzma in the corner. 
those type of plays are what's solidifying them trying to trade him. And I don't think he needs to be traded because I think Lonzo is very good. LeBron said in a post game, uh, Lonzo doesn't realize his greatness. And I think that's really true because he passes up. He acts like a, he acts like, you know, if he shoots is wrong, you know, they want him to shoot. They want him to be aggressive. When Lonzo is aggressive night in and night out, he is uh, he makes a difference for this team to the point where you have another playmaker, another scorer consistently LeBron can depend on. Um, but what I've seen so far is Ingram is going to be up and down for you every night. Ingram can give you 22 points or Ingram can give you a hard 10 or 11 points. Um, I do believe that they trade anybody. I think Ingram is expendable in this situation because he's very inconsistent. And you look at how long he's been in the league. He's been in the league now three or four years, I believe now. And he has he still does the same thing. His, his offensive game has improved, but he's still very frail. Um, you worry about him on the defensive side. He's lengthy, so he can cover a stretch for a tall guy. He can um, get back and block some shots. You can see all that potential, but eventually you got to stop saying, oh, this kid has potential. You got to start saying, I see the potential. And that's the problem with Ingram. He's a very iffy on and off type of guy for the Lakers. And you kind of look at it like, man, I wish this kid would just break out and be the second scoring option. He had 24 points in that Utah Jazz game, so he was definitely aggressive and finding his shot. He was two of three from the field. But when it comes to him being on the road, that's where he struggles. And to be a star in this league, you got to be able to translate your game on the road at all times. Now, I'm not sure if that's because, you know, him and LeBron are playing together, but you know, one thing I can appreciate about what Luke Walton has done with LeBron's minutes, I think he's averaging 34 minutes. He's sitting. Out of 48 minutes, LeBron is only playing 34, and that's great because as LeBron gets to age 35 and 36 and 37, he'll have more energy on the back end, uh, wearing, whereas, you know, he's feeling good now because he's in phenomenal shape to do so. So ultimately, this wasn't a great night tonight from the Lakers in terms of um, being a a good um, team take care of the basketball. They had 24 turnovers and only 10 assists. Um, make sure I'm saying that right. And they shot 30%, 30% from the field uh, from three. They were 7 to 23. So they're, they're up and down three-point shooting team. LeBron's gotten better from the arc. Um, he gave you two or five tonight. Um, at one point, this guy had like six of eight and like something stupid like five to six or something from the free throw from the three point so he's got definitely got it going in terms of his three-point shooting where i need lebron to pick it up he's got to get better in the free throw department his free throws have not been too good this year um i think he's shooting a little bit under 75 percent right now which as a superstar of his caliber i need him to be closer to 80 percent so I think that'll pick up for him. He's starting to get the calls he wasn't getting in November, uh, early November, and uh, definitely the last uh, month in October. Um, but he's got to pick it up, and he's got to give me more. Um, I think the Lakers are going to go on a little bit of a win streak here because they're on a softer part of their schedule. Um, they have a couple games that will definitely test them, but because they have so many um, 
you know, cupcakes, I like to call them, on their game, on their schedule. I don't think they're going to be much of a problem or have much of an issue um, getting on a good winning streak to be in the mix for right now. Um, but as they get to the harder part of their schedule, that's why I think they're going to be battling. And the way the West is stacked up, I mean, if the Lakers can continue to do what they're doing and kind of stay in the pack, I think these guys are going to be in good shape to uh, make the playoffs not just make the playoffs would be like a fourth seed um, at best I do think OKC is better I do think Golden State is better I do think that um, possibly a fourth team that I have not excuse me a third team that I have not mentioned will slide their way in there as the season progresses there's a trade I think will happen at the deadline that will help one of these teams I don't think the Lakers are quite done quite yet moving pieces around which is why I say they're going to be a fourth seed because they're going to get somebody that's going to help their shooting. And I think, I think if that happens, this team will be okay and, and, and will be a team that we can look at on paper and say that they can make it to a second round at least this year. And then next year is when they're going to get their superstar. So that's, what, that's my take on the Laker game. This was a good win for the Lakers. It was a defensive win. Um, it's nice to see that because earlier in the season, they were giving up 124, 144 points. Um, in LeBron's debut, but that's what happens when you have a young young team, a lot of vets that are trying to be integrated together. They're starting to figure it out. They're starting, um, you know, uh, I harped on Luke Walton for his lineup changes, and he's starting to figure that out now. Um, he's starting to have faith in the young guys, and this is a beautiful thing to see when guys are playing well and they're starting to really do their thing. Um, I do, I will mention this. I think Josh Hart has got to start picking it up. Um, because he, he was he's been missing it from three um, the last couple games. I'm not you know it happens sometimes with your shooting guard, but you know he's gonna I'm, I'm gonna need more than just you know I uh, think he gave you no he didn't he didn't have any points last night he gave you two rebounds and that's about it. So he's gonna have to do a little better uh, for this team when Josh Hart can hit his three um, when uh, Caldwell Pope is hitting the three. Um, when Lonzo Ball hits his three, these, this team is a very good team um, that can play with anybody in the NBA. So watch out for the Lakers. I think that they're going to go on a bit of a winning streak here. They should be moving up the, the Western Conference as they play more of their teams. Like I said, I think the, the Lakers kryptonite in that division are going to be the Clippers because they match up scary well with the Lakers. And I think that if... Um, they want to figure that out. They're going to have to beat the Clippers, but they're going to struggle in the first two meetings, in my opinion, against the Lakers, uh, the Clippers, because the Clippers are playing very well right now. Um, next game I want to go to is the Warriors and the Trailblazers. Again, I'm not going to say too much about the Golden State, so we'll start with Portland. Portland has been an up and down team, but what has been missing from them is the consistency in their backcourt. Um, earlier on, they've had issues with, you know, getting um, McCullum and... Um, and Damian Lillard going in the backcourt, and one of them will get off while the other has a subpar night. And their game is predicated on both of those guys being successful. So they're not getting to the free throw line to find the rhythm. Um, but I like how Minu is playing this year. He's, he's being very aggressive at the three. Um, I like how uh, Stockis has played, even though he didn't have a great night tonight. Um, he's been another guy they can depend on at home. Um, as well. I mean, he came off the bench at 10 minutes and gave you five points and gave you one-on-one from three-point land. I like Seth Curry in that addition. I think if you give him a chance and give him some more minutes, maybe between 15 and 16 minutes, I think he can do some damage for this team. Um, but this is a formidable uh, playoff contender team. I think they're going to 
Again, I had them being maybe a, between a, a six seed. That's what I think they're going to be this year. That's my ceiling for Portland unless they go make a move because um, Nurkic is good, but he's not consistently good. They don't have that dominating big night in and night out that gives them rebounds and that can disrupt what the other team wants to do. Now, he had eight rebounds and 22 points tonight, so he had a great night tonight, but that's not every night from Nurkic. If this team, the Portland Trailblazers, wants to continue to win and continue their winning streak, they're going to have to find a way to get Nurkic to be more aggressive on the boards to give Lither and McCullum more chances to be successful. Now, McCullum had 19 points tonight, but that backcourt is going to have to start picking it up and if they want to survive out here in the West because they're sitting at 12-7, and seven, but you look at it and see how close they are to being out. If they lose another game or two, they're going to be bumped out of the playoffs and fighting to be back in again. So for the Portland Trailblazers, they're going to have to really, really um, be mindful. I think I have them dropping off anyway, um, and I have them, um, I, I have them kind of being in that sixth spot in the playoffs, but we'll definitely see what happens with Portland. For Golden State, they're missed. They have a lot of injuries right now. They have Steph Curry out. They have um, Draymond Green is out with a foot injury. Um, Steph Curry is out with a growing injury. They haven't really been too specific about how his timetable, but they say he will be back soon. Um, honestly, you see kind of the difference that Steph Curry has made. I think a lot of people go. Um, seeing, you know, claiming that Kevin Durant's the best player in the world. And if that's you, that's great. We can have a debate about that another day. But Steph Curry is the best player on this team that keeps this team together because he creates such an open floor because of his shooting. Steph can pull up from 33, 35, and he creates space and no pressure for, for KD to do his thing when he's one-on-one. That's why KD is successful because he's able to do his thing one-on-one. So tonight, you know, Kevin Durant gave you a show yet. He gave you 32 points on 13 of 21 shooting for 38 minutes. Um, Andre Iguodala gave you 25 minutes. He gave you six points some, and three assists in the board. And then Clay Thompson got good production tonight um, going 31. The, um, the, um, the big spark for these guys was definitely... Um, Bell and his production were getting guys involved. He had seven and six off the bench. Um, he played great minutes, 21 points. He got five points. Quinn Cook was pretty good tonight, 19 points. So you can just see that they won. They blew Portland out, 97 to 125. They should be doing this. That's why I don't make excuses about why they lost five in a row before this because they, you know, Steve Kerr knows how to get this team going. It was really a mental thing. Um, I went into why in another video. I'm not going to go too much into Golden State's troubles, but this is this is why Golden State should appreciate Steph Curry and what he brings to the table because when he's not on the floor and Klay Thompson's not hitting his shot well and, and uh, Kevin Durant's not being aggressive offensively, this team is very different. Um, and like I said before, um, their guys are going to be playing more minutes because Andre Iguodala is not the same player he was of years past. Um, Livingston is not the same guy he was in years past, even though he, he'll give you like 10 points. You know you're going to get 10 from him. But, you know, they don't have much of a bench. I don't trust Jarebko in the uh, playoffs. I don't trust Looney in the playoffs. Evans, you know, Lee. I don't trust his guy. Bell is a good bench, is a good role player off the bench because of his youth and his athleticism. 
Um, Quinn Cook will be a good addition behind Steph Curry. So they have a true seven, eight-man rotation, but you're always going to have three out of those five all-stars once Boogie Cousins come back. And you ask yourself, because they're having so many issues with their chemistry, with Draymond Green being an issue, um, with Kevin Durant and all this stuff about, you know, the, as I said before, the offseason of this year coming up, um, you ask yourself, how would that fit when Boogie Cousins comes in? And, um, you know, we know the history that he has with being a hothead, being a locker room liability, and being somebody that, you know, has caused a lot of issues. Um, in the locker room. So we'll see how the um, Golden State Warriors uh, pan out this year. I'm not saying they're not gonna, they're not the team to beat because they definitely are, but I don't have them winning the playoffs because of all the distractions and the chemistry being affected because I think they've gotten greedy, um, adding too many stars uh, together at one time. So we'll see what happens there. Um, and we'll see kind of how the season kind of crumbles for them. But I just don't don't really trust so far um, how this team is looking and how they will continue to look going forward um, as as the season wanes. But I do think that come playoff time, um, obviously Golden State is going to be Golden State because they've, they've been there. They, they're experienced and they know what they got to do to get to the next level. Um, so they win this game 125 to 97. Next game I want to talk about is the Nuggets and the Magic. Um, let me say this. I think both teams are looking really good right now for their respective divisions. I think Denver does make the playoffs, but I think they barely make it to the playoffs this year. They're going to be like a seventh seed um, at least. And they're going to be a team that gives whoever they play in the first round the fits because they are they match up very well. Um, the reason why they had some trouble within the last several games is because Jokic um, – Jokic really has struggled in the last couple games. When he's not that guy that gets you about 18 to 22 points, he had six here tonight on 10 rebounds and 11 assists. This team is a different team. Um, Now, they're an excellent defensive team that plays really well. I think the additions of whenever they get IT back, and that hasn't been announced of his timetable yet, whenever they do get him back, that will help them substantially off the bench. Um, because you always know, I can always write on paper that Murray is going to give you at least 15. Um, I can always write on paper um, that Lyles off the bench is going to give you 22. Is going to give you some good production, not 22, but good production. Um, I can always write that Harris is going to give you good production off the bench. So these guys, I, I can bank on. But Jokic has got to pick his game up a little bit. He's got to get back to the aggressive guy he was at the start of the season. Um, and I, I just think that uh, I just think as a whole, um, I just think as a whole, we'll see what happens with the uh, with with Denver this year. I think they're going to be an up and down type of team. They're going to eventually fall out of the uh, fall out of the Western Conference playoff picture eventually before the All Star break. Um, I do think that they need to have a talk with Jokic and be like, he needs to be aggressive and start attacking again and get his shooting back because. You know, when he's not there, he's getting you rebounds and assists. But I think if he can get those points back up, he's a, definitely a bona fide all-star, in my opinion. Um, Jokic is, is probably the it's probably at least a top five center in this league. Um, I have it like Anthony Davis. Um, I can't say Boogie because he's injured. Um, I'm talking active players. I'm, so you got Anthony Davis. Um, 
you got the process. Um, who else? So, process. Davis. Um, Car Arthur the Towns just got his aggression, so I'm gonna put Car Arthur the Towns third or fourth, give or take. I'm gonna say fourth. I'm gonna put Jokic over him because Car Anthony Towns hasn't been aggressive but, uh, since Butler was traded. But we'll get into their team in a second and what I think about Butler's product. Excuse me, Tyler Anthony Towns' production now, but he's definitely struggled and has some moments where, um, you know, you kind of question his talent just a little bit and his effort just a little bit. But Denver won this game 112. Um, not a bad performance. They got. Um, Four or five guys over 10 points. So they were able to win this one tonight. Um, despite Jokic not having a great game. Um, Aaron Gordon is having a phenomenal year. Um, let me just say that. He's given some exciting plays um, to, you know, since the season started and been the spark for the Orlando Magic with his youth, his athleticism, his shooting. Um, I do believe if he keeps you know, having the games he has been having where he's gotten like 24, 25 points, he may be up for candidate most improved player of the year or um, something of that nature because he's had a great season so far. Orlando Magic are definitely in the picture for the playoffs in the East. They're nine and ten, but they're like right there. Um, I do think if they can make a move and go get somebody um, that can score, if Aaron Gordon gets some more offense, I think this team can legitimately be a playoff contender this year, or at least in the talks for playoffs. I'm not going to say they're quite there yet. I, th- I still do think they're on the outside looking in. Um, I think they're a couple moves away from being in the playoffs, but if they continue to play this hard, if they continue to upset some teams and win some games they're not supposed to win, um, I do think that Orlando could be in the playoff picture. Um, I have them being maybe a 43-46-1 to 46 one team, and that'll be good enough to get them into the playoff picture for the East, um, but I still do have them on the outside looking in until I can see some improvement to their bench in this team roster because I'm not so sold on this roster right now. I think Aaron Gordon is a great player. Um, I think DJ Augustine, you know what you're getting from him. He's a great player. And Fournier is a, is a heck of a shooting guard. You know what you're getting from him. Um, so we'll see what happens um, at his role. But I think that Orlando needs a couple other pieces and trade talks to be that team. Um, they're just not a consistent enough team to be a real playoff contender quite yet. So I, I can name probably nine teams ahead of them that are more better. I can start. I mean, you got Boston, you got Toronto. You got Milwaukee. Um, you have um, the Pacers. Um, uh, I got to see. I got to see what. Hold on. Let me go back to the standards real quick. So I can give you all an your opinion. So you got. So Orlando's. Yeah, they're sitting at the AFC. You know, um, I think once Brooklyn gets done with back. Um, and we'll talk about that and how much of an impact that was. They could be in consideration for the playoffs. I think if once D-Wade comes back to Miami, they could be in the fight for the playoffs. Um, you know, uh, Detroit's pretty good this year. Boston is pretty good this year. Charlotte is unbelievable. Kimball Walker, we'll get into him. So they're there, but in terms of in terms of the playoffs, I just don't see them going too far because they're, they're, they haven't been in the playoffs yet and they're a young team. And then they don't have that standout star that can give me a bucket when I need it. So I think that's the problem and what's holding Orlando back from being a real contender. But they can they can be a bottom feeder. Um, they can be a bottom feeder team for right now until on um, Miami or or um, even Brooklyn if they get um, what's his name back if he can pick up his production um, as well. But um, 
uh, yesterday's score, excuse me, um, the Magic beat the Magic blowout, the, um, get blown out by the Nuggets, 112 to 87 as a whole. Let's go to the Suns-Buck game. So, obviously, the Suns are trying to, they're just tanking. I, I, you can see it. Unbel- it's, it's sad because I think that the Suns have good talent on paper. It's a little upsetting, to be honest with you. I had this, you know, the Phoenix Suns being on the outside looking in this year. I thought they would go after it considering they just signed Booker to a long contract, and he's serious about winning and stated that several times. But um, it's just, I just feel like they're, they're trying to get like a, a Zion Williamson. And I, I, don't, I don't know if that'll solve their issues, but um, I don't think they'll get Zion Williamson with their, if they if they tank this season. I think they'll go after more somebody like an R.J. Barrett from Duke. Um, or a um, a Cam Reddish from Duke. I think that, that'll help them out, like somebody that's opposite of Booker shooting and that can defend. Um, maybe like another wing. And there's no knock against Ariza. I know he's locked into Phoenix for a couple more years, but um, I think he'll be a, a adjustment. I mean, he's not panning out the way they th- that they thought he was going to pan out in Phoenix. And I think the reason for them having that 4-14 start is because of him and the young guys. And, of course, having a, a, a center like... Uh, DeAndre Ayton, he's going to be really, really good in the future, but you can definitely see that he has some rawness, some diamond in the rust with him that's going to take us this season and probably some of next season to uh, rest off before he can be a dominant uh, big man at his position. But he's definitely have a lot of potential to be really, really good. Um, so it's just confusing, man. I just don't understand why this team is 4-14 for Phoenix, man. So they're definitely taking, I think they're going to be a bottom tier Western Conference team, maybe a 14-15 15 spot uh, team. I don't see them. If they don't make a move within the next time, we have a heat check. I'm just saying they're going to tank the season. Um, they're 4 and 14. It looks like they're not even trying sometimes, but they won this game tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks. And this is what I'm saying. They have the team to do, to, to win against top tier teams. In my opinion, I do have these guys being a 35 to 39 win team um, with some respectable wins on the resume. So they have won against Milwaukee, but for the most part, they've been very lackluster. Um, you know what you're getting from um, Devin Booker. He, I mean, but the thing about Devin Booker is he has some issues with his health. Um, he had a pulled hamstring, and then he had something that happened to his um, to his knees. So we we, we gotta we gotta really you know put a hand on Devin Booker and just hope this guy stays healthy because when he's there, they can win. Uh, he's gonna give you 25 points a night. He's just that good. And when he's on on, he can give you 45. He dropped 70 on Boston. Let's not forget that. So. DeAndre, uh, excuse me, Devin Booker is that guy. And obviously, I do think that he'll be an all-star this year, um, in my opinion, if the voters know what they're talking about. If we're going to vote people by their positions, I do think you should consider Devin Booker. He's been in the league a while. He's the most polished shooting guard that Phoenix has. And I do think that he can be a difference maker um, going forward to really at least get jumped out, stop this team out of the uh, lottery pick right now, which is what they're in. Milwaukee has definitely been a surprise for me. I did have these guys being in the playoffs. I actually had them being a fourth or fifth seed because I I, I saw LeBron leaving the East as an opportunity for them to be really, really good. Um, quick shout out to Mike Budenholzer, man. He's coached the hell out of this team, man. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo is, you know, he scored 35 points tonight. So he's averaging, well, like 29, 30 points, something crazy. 
but he has a high percentage shot. I mean, he's getting most of his shot inside. He's starting to shoot the jumper a little bit. I think if he develops his jumper a lot more, um, he's hit a couple of threes. If he can do that a little more consistently, man, he's going to be a nightmare in the game. I think he's going to be a KD-ish player because of his length and the size he is and his ability to be a point guard. Um, but he is a monster. And you just see, you like the production you see from him this year. You like what he's giving you, um, giving the Milwaukee Bucks this year. I think he's having an MVP worthy season with the stats that he's putting up he put up a double double tonight in a losing effort though i think it didn't go his way um but you know you have middleton who's giving you good production bledsoe gives you good production brogdon is giving you a good game he gave you 22 points tonight shout out to brogdon being a uva guy um i'm very familiar with brogdon's uh rookie of the year candidate from uh, his time in the league so you like what you see from Brogdon uh, you like what you're getting from him so far eight of ten shooting 80 percent three of three I mean he was on fire tonight man so you just hate that you know Milwaukee didn't pull this one out but they lost to the Phoenix Suns because Devin Booker just had that type of game where I think he was just on he was just a better impact player tonight um last night um against Milwaukee but I think that Milwaukee is going to be a um, they, they're looking like they're going to be like maybe a potentially a third or second seed. Um, they're better than what I thought they were going to be because of the impact that Mike Budenholzer is coming with the energy that you can definitely tell these guys like playing under Mike Budenholzer and uh, the excitement he's brought to that organization so far. Um, the elevation of Giannis Antetokounmpo, excuse me. Um, or the Greek freak, uh, you know, his improvements this year has really elevated this team to the next level that it should. And it's just going to be about like what he does in the playoffs. I mean, we saw him take Boston to seven games. So he's definitely a matchup nightmare to uh, deal with. But we'll definitely see what he does in the playoffs um, for the East. I'm really excited. I'm, I'm very happy to see Milwaukee off to a good start. Um, next teams I'm going to talk about is the OKC Thunder versus Charlotte. Uh, OKC won that game 109 to 104. There's a lot to talk about for both these teams. So let's get started with Charlotte. Charlotte is is really, really good this year. Um, in my humble opinion, I know they're sitting at 500. They're in the playoffs right now as the sixth seed. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna maintain that six uh, that six seed role. They're gonna be a playoff team again, in my opinion. They haven't been in like what two or three years, I guess, but they've been a playoff team before. But Kimber Walker has arrived. This guy is dropping 25 points, probably averaging 25, 26 points. I mean, the guy has a lot of heart. He's a scorer, go getter. 10 of 23. I mean, he's just been able to do. It. I remember his days at UConn and him being able to do that. So. If he can continue to be that spark um, for these guys, they, that might make up their bench play. I'm not too impressed with their bench play. But um, once Malik Monk comes back, he can be another option for this team. But um, their bench is what scares me a little bit. Um, Malik Monk with Bridges can be a really good, effective uh, developmental uh, bench role. If they can develop throughout the season, they can be uh, some pieces that come off the bench. But um not really too too sold on their bench right now. Like Kaminsky's okay. Bacon is okay. Um, Bridges is okay, but they're not like world beaters when it comes to the playoffs. They're not guys I can bank on to say they're going to sustain. So you can't have Kimball Walker playing 44 minutes, 41 minutes, trying to keep this team afloat. I mean, we've seen this guy drop 60 points and still lose. So his team is definitely not up to par to be able to make a lot of noise come playoff time. But if you're Jordan and you're getting ready to resign Kimball Walker after this year, by the way, 
You need to be sitting down with Kemba Walker and convincing him you're going to bring another star or another all-star with him and see what happens. Because he's getting he's he's in his prime. He's playing his basketball, and he's definitely improved from last year enough to be able to win some games for Charlotte now, um, where they were able to do that, even though Kemba Walker was giving stellar performances. And to me, he's always been that guy giving stellar performances. But... OKC edges this one out tonight. Um, I do have Charlotte being a sixth seed this year. You heard it from me. I didn't even have them in the playoffs, honestly. But my pick has changed to them being the sixth seed indefinitely. And I think they will stay the sixth seed just based off the fact that Kimball Walker will elevate them. Kimball Walker will give them, I think they're going to win between 42 and 44 te- uh, games this year. And that'll be enough to eat them into the playoffs in the East because the East is a little bit more weaker than the West in terms of wins and losses and 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 uh the level of competition you have a very top heavy east which is one through four being the better teams obviously with philly toronto boston and toronto uh toronto boston milwaukee and philly excuse me so those you have a four-headed monster on top and everybody else um so it'll be interesting to see what happens. OKC, um, they started out slow. Remember last time we talked, they were, I think, at the bottom of the playoffs looking in. Had a rough start. Russ wasn't on the floor yet. Um, he had some things going on with his knees. So he was not in the game uh, for the start. So Paul George had to carry a lot of load. In the last couple of games, Paul George did have to carry a lot of load as as uh, Russell Westbrook was out again with injury. But he was back this game. He, he gave he dropped 30 points tonight. Uh, Schroeder gave you 23 points. And like I said before, man, with this OKC team, if you if you put Schroeder, Westbrook, George in the starting lineup, my God, man, that's the offense. Adams, as you already know, he's going to give you over 10 and some rebounds to go with that. This team is perfect offensively. They have the good amount, a good amount of defensive players off the bench to be effective. You have... Um, Nerlens Noel coming off the bench. I think he's an awesome defensive athletic uh, wing that can that can do a lot at the power forward position. Uh, Patterson uh, is, is a really good defensive piece off the bench. Felton is, a, is, a, is can run the offense. Abrines uh, is a good shooting guard off the bench that can give you some threes when he's on. So they have a good bench to go to. I do think that the uh, that that OKC should consider. Um, getting a backup to uh, to Adams, a true another true big for um, for them to kind of you know so just in case he has an injury or so. But I think when Roberson comes back to the lineup, whenever he comes back, I think that this team is going to be even more dangerous defensively, and they're going to be able to really get up in the opponents, especially in the West. So I do have OKC. I have them being the third seed. I do think they're still going to be the third seed, in my humble opinion. Um, I think that Golden State's on its way to being back good again. I think there's going to be a second. Uh, play, there's going to be a second team that should be pretty, pretty, uh, that should move into that second spot. I don't know who it's going to be yet, but I'm going to take a guess about who it is. Houston's kind of upset me so far, so I don't see it being none, but I do see it being another team possibly being in that second seed. If, if not, it could be OKC, honestly, but I still think they're going to be the third seed overall in the West um, because Paul George, Westbrook, and Shorter is a winning combination. It's going to win you a lot of games night in and night out. So we'll see what happens with them. But they won tonight's game 109 to 104. It's my take on both teams there. Let's go to the Heat and the Bulls. Um, let me say this, man. The Bulls, though they're not really winning right now, I didn't have them winning much as it is. I had them being between a 25 and 31 team this year. Um, they're going to be on the outside looking in, but they've been fun to watch as a whole. They've definitely been competitive throughout all their games. They haven't been, like, getting blown out or anything crazy. I'm sure they have, but it has to be, like, night in and night out. They're all cupcake that you can kind of mark a W on if you play the Chicago Bulls, but... Um, Zach Levine has been very fun to watch for this team. He's he's definitely my front runner for most improved player. Drew Holiday has been 
um, give you some good buckets. Um, Wendell Carter Jr. Has, been, has been really fun to watch, and Jabari Parker has been really fun to watch as well. These guys have been giving you some awesome production off the bench. I do think, and I would like to see them, um, you know, integrate the three a little bit better. They shot 25% tonight. They didn't have their best shooting night. I think um, Holiday had the best, the better shooting night. As a whole, he shot five of ten for twenty-seven points, and he shot five of ten from three-point line. Um, so they, they didn't have their best shooting night, but man, when they can move the ball around like they have and get assists like they had, they had um, twenty-three total assists tonight. Um, when they can move the ball, and you never know who's storing between Jabari Parker, Levine, and Holiday, and Carter Jr. when he's playing well, they're a very good, formidable team, and I like the future for the Chicago Bulls. Man, I think they have four guys that can really get after it, and I think they just need to work on their defense and just work on. On getting some stops on people and continue to develop Wendell Carter Jr., Parker, Levine, and Holiday. So I definitely like what I'm seeing from Chicago so far. I have them be on the outside looking in in that Eastern Conference, but they're gonna be they have a bright future ahead of them. And then for Miami, um, you can tell like the experience of D Wade is needed. Um, I don't know what it is yet, but I like how um, Hassan Whiteside played in the Spurs game. He played very aggressive. He played, um, you know, really to just win the game man you like to see that from your big man just him being going out there and balling out the way he did it was really exciting to see and really nice to see as a big man in this league but he's got to be consistent i think he's gonna have to be a 25 to 26 uh, point guy from night then he's gonna have to start shooting some some jumpers to be a more dangerous big i think if he can get back to an all-star level um this will elevate the Miami Heat into the playoffs. I think Richardson, he, though he's a good player, he can't give you 27 points tonight like he did always. So you're going to need some good production from Hassan Whiteside. Um, Magruder's going to have to give you a little bit more. And Johnson's going to have to give you more as well. Um, but, I mean, D-Wade can only have the better games if it's this year so many times get at that age though excuse me um where he's just not the same player he was obviously he's lost a step he's retiring after this year of course it's really sad because i grew up on d-way but you know it's, i just want to see him go out and um with a bang and i think he will he's just conserving himself because he understands he can't do it night and night out anymore so the young guys you know richardson ellington is gonna have to be better white side you're gonna have to play at an all-star level this year for the miami heat to be successful or to even sift the playoffs so you guys are gonna be a night seed i had y'all being bottom tier seventh or eighth seed again but it's looking like you guys might be the ninth or tenth seed based on how y'all playing if Hassan Whiteside doesn't pick up his play and be more aggressive and be the assertive player that he was in the uh san antonio game miami won this one 103 to 96 against the bulls now we move to the San Antonio Spurs. It started out strong this season, but I mean they've kind of been getting exposed. They are nine and nine right now. Um, I, I think that the the uh, the uh, Demar Derozan trade panned out pretty well, but it's just like I think the fact of Murray, Demar, uh, the Demarco Murray going down for this team really not Demarco Murray, but Murray. Um, going down for this team really hurt them because he's a, a long, athletic, long, uh, six-six guy um, that can defend and is really, really good. And then you know he's able to get after it. And him missing, um, I don't think you want um, Patty Mills as your starting point guard always. So what they've done is um, they've gone. I think with Pop went to Forbes this time. Uh, shooting guard wise, Demar Derozan didn't have a good game. He gave you 16 points. 
He didn't have his best game. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge had a really good game. He gave you 33 points. And Rudy Gay gave you 11 points. So I additionally thought that the big three of Gay, DeRozan, Aldridge, and Patty Mills, Bellinelli, um, uh, uh, Pulp off the bench, those guys, you know, produce good enough points to get them in. But I do have the San Antonio Spurs team being on the outside looking in like this. I think it was a matter of time because they just lost too much. Um, Rudy Gay is not quite the player he was in years past to be able to make an impact on this team. He'll have some good nights every now and then, but not enough to really get San Antonio into the Western Conference playoffs. Um, I do think if they do make the playoffs, they'll be like an eighth seed. It'll just be because of a last-minute push, but I just don't see them making the playoffs this year because DeMar, DeMar DeRozan, though he has improved from his Toronto days, um, this is the West, and I think the, the, the fact that they don't have enough depth is what's keeping the San Antonio Spurs away from the playoffs. And what's additionally been the best friend of the San Antonio Spurs is Pops Pops, uh, you know, ability to go to his bench and go deep into his bench and be able to be successful while the starters are are um, able to get rest and get back in there and finish off games. And they don't have that. Um, you can't tell me that guys like, um, I mean, no offense. I mean, I know he has a championship, <laughs> but, you know, um, gosh, excuse me. Sorry, y'all. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out. uh Not Cunningham. Powell, yeah, there you go. Powell, guys like Powell Gasol, sorry, are going to be your difference maker when he's old. He's way out of his prime, and he was great with the Lakers. Don't get me wrong. He's great with Memphis. Don't get me wrong, but, like, his days are past. Like, he's not the same player he was of years past. That's just the bottom harsh truth. For San Antonio, you guys are 9-9 right now. I do have you guys still winning, like, 41 to 43 games, but that just not won't cut it in the West. The West is so close right now um, that I just don't think it'll pan out. Now, DeMar DeRozan is going to win you some games, but you just question his, his ability in the playoffs against tough t- competition. If you're an eighth seed and you got to play like a Golden State, you got to play whoever is the number one seed by that point, um, then that's something that I think that the San Antonio Spurs won't be able to overcome. And essentially, that will send them home in the first round. But they got to get better production from the three-point line. That's what lost them this game. They lived and they died by the three um, uh, with with this team. Um, actually, excuse me, they shot 47.6%. So they had a pretty good shoot night as a whole. It's not bad at all. Typically, that's, your, uh, that, that's what's going to win you the game, and that's what won them the game tonight. They won this game 111 to 100 against Indy, but... They got they they're inconsistent. They're up and down. I just don't think they get the best production from their bench they could possibly get. Patty Mills two or three, Bellinelli two or four. There was a great bench pieces. I know we'll do that year in and year out under this pop system, but they got to get something else from like um, the Pults and and Burtons or Pond, uh, Pondexter. I like to see them, you know, do more off the bench, or else they're going to be outside looking in for the playoffs as a whole. And then for the Pacers. Um, I thought the Pacers are playing pretty well tonight. About where I thought they're going to be. They're going to be about the fifth seed in the East. Um, I have them be on the outside of the Elite Four. Um, because they have, you have a guy in, um, in, did he play tonight? Hold on. Hold on, y'all. Okay, well, he didn't play tonight. Okay, well, you have a, you know, you have a star. Um, 
and Victor Oladipo for this team, who's really playing well. He's improved his game a lot, and he's been a guy that's really, you know, in a couple years, I think he'll be in the conversation for MVP because he's he's improving every year. He's definitely showing why uh, he was underutilized in OKC. Uh, he's, you know, improved his game so much, and that's a great thing. I don't think he played here tonight, but I think if he would have, they would have won. Um, the Pacers definitely would have won. Some reason he was on the bench, but I uh, do have the Pacers team being a fifth seed. I mean, just the fact that they have uh, Young, um, they have Bogdanovich, they have Collinson, they have Evans, they have Sabonis, and then off the bench you have uh, McDermott coming off the bench. You have T.J. Leaf coming off the bench. You have O'Quinn at your at your center spot. You have Holiday and Joseph, come, uh, Chris Joseph coming off the bench. Those guys are good. They can go nine in rotation, but I think what's going to really push them to whether they will be go to the uh, finals or not, I just think there will be a second round exit is if uh, Young can develop more as a point guard, as a power forward. If he can give you between 18 and 20 points, I think this is a whole different team. I think it's a team that can advance and shock somebody and go to the Eastern Conference finals this year. But they're just a click, a click underneath uh, Philadelphia, Toronto, Milwaukee, and um, Boston, in my humble opinion, come playoff time. But I think these guys are, can play with anybody on any given day. And this is why I think they should be in serious consideration. Honestly, I think they were the, the the dark horse of the East. The team that's not going to get a lot of playoff, a lot, a lot of uh, love for being a contender, but a team that should deserves to be in that talk or at least mentioned uh, with the others because of how good they can be. So San Antonio won this game 111 to 100. Pacers dropped their uh, eighth uh, their eighth game of the season. Uh, next game I want to talk about is the Raptors and the Wizards. Uh, first off, let me say this. The Wizards have been the, big, the biggest disappointment to me in, in the Eastern Conference. You have essentially a situation where Bradley Bill and um, and John Wall are not playing to their ability. They're not playing to a all-star or star level. And you could tell that there, there needs to be a coach change. There needs to be maybe a scenery change for John Wall or a Bradley Bill. I think it will be a Bradley Bill before John Wall, just based off the fact of how much money John Wall is being paid yearly now. I think it's something like 29, 30 something million this year. And eventually it's like 40 million for like two years. No team is going to want that contract, even though he's on the trading block. But Bradley Bill is just, I mean, these guys have been up and down. I think what's the most deplorable is their defense. Their defense is absolutely horrendous. Um, they're giving up a lot of points. I think they're at the bottom of the conference, maybe even in a fight with uh, Cleveland for defensive efficiency. They are not good at all. Any team, if you want a team that you can get your offense off on, this is probably the team that you can do it on in Washington. Um, I had Washington being at the bottom. These guys are going to be like hard. We're not even going to make the playoffs this year. Um, they're going to be maybe the 10th or 11th best seed uh, team in the Eastern Conference um, this year. They're going to be in the lottery because they're not playing like they want to be here. Now, I understand people are like, oh, this is Washington. You know, they've always started bad and they've turned it around. But I just don't think they're going to do it this year. I think they're going to be on the outside looking in. They're on pace to be like a, honestly, they won't be a lottery team, but I think they're going to be like a 36, 38 win team because that's what they're on pace to do. Like they're not, they're not really clicking. When you have 12 losses this early, that's really a high feat to fight. And I just don't think that John Wall is in great shape right now. I don't think that uh, Bradley Bill is motivated. And then the others are just getting tired with all the locker room drama that's going on. It's affecting the bench places like Marquise Morris, who's coming off the bench, giving you 16 points. Um, 
Ubre, um, who's who's giving you 13. You know, these guys can do better, in my opinion, and they should do better. But we'll see the difference that um, Dwight Howard makes when he comes back. But that's another problem with this Washington team. You don't have consistent players that can come back and help and be healthy. And that's the problem as a whole with these guys. But we'll see what happens with the Washington Wizards. If they can get their stuff together and go on another run, I do have them being the uh, still remaining being the sixth seed and the uh, excuse me the fifth or excuse me the seventh or eighth seed in the East, but we'll see. That is to be seen. But they're gonna have to play better than what they are playing right now. For the Raptors, they haven't done anything that I didn't think they were gonna do. I had them being the first seed coming in in the, in the East, and they're the first seed now. Kawhi Leonard is playing absolutely nuts. He's giving you 27 points, averaging probably about 26 points per game, and it's just exciting to see him be. Uh, become the you know reinsert himself into being a top five player in the NBA association Uh, he's definitely that Kyle Lowry's improved this year Uh, he's giving you almost a triple double uh, for the last eight games of his career that's incredible for a guy that is his height uh, and being able to do that Siakam has been much improved from what he was last year and then Danny Green is playing his probably the best ball uh, one of the best ball in his uh, career I think he played a little better um, when they played Miami in the finals he really came out but uh, the second go around against Miami but this is probably close to that production he gave during that season of being a good three-point shooter, a guy that can move. I think the, he benefited from a scenery change, and I think it, you can really see in his play, he has a lot more pep to his step, and he's able to do a lot more than what he's done with that San Antonio squad. And then I like uh, the bench of uh, Toronto. They can truthfully go 10 deep. In my opinion, you got Anobi, you have Abaka, you have uh, Van Fleet off the bench, you have... Uh, right off the bench, you have um, Miles and Monroe. So they have five, you know, ten guys that can go. And that's going to help uh, when you're trying to keep minutes down for uh, Kyle Lowry. When you're trying to keep minutes down for uh, Kawhi Leonard. When you're trying to keep minutes down for Siakam, their starters. They're going to be a really, really good team. And I think they should be the favorites in the Eastern Conference because they're the consistent team right now. They're the team that hasn't been losing that much. And I mean, they, they have the best uh, record right now in college, ba- excuse me, in NBA basketball at um, at 16 and 4 overall. They won this game 125 to 107. I have them remaining the first seed, and I still stand by that. All right, next game I want to talk about is the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Philadelphia 76ers. Honestly, nothing nothing I didn't expect from the Cleveland Cavaliers. They are a lottery team. Um, I think they're going to go get Zion Williamson, which is sad because they're going to get another generational player to do absolutely nothing. Um, I would rather another team pick them up, but the Cleveland Cavaliers have the worst basketball record in the NBA right now and are on pace to win maybe 19 to 21 games. Now, like I said, if I, I think it's smart because, I mean, if you develop uh, Colin Sexton, if you sit and rest Kevin Love since you know you have him in the bag for the next three years, maybe you can get another big three and, and the Cleveland Cavaliers can go on another run for a playoff uh, appearance if they get Zion Williamson in the picture. I think he's that good of a player to get them back to the playoffs. But, you know, we'll see with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think management is really messing them up. They need to get rid of, you know, J.R. Smith, is, which is what they're doing. Um, I We'll see what they do with, with guys like uh, Tristan Thompson and um, all of them. I think, I think there's time for them to move on from any teammate that you know, play with LeBron James. I mean, Tristan Thompson, no offense, but he's good. But I think you can get a 
uh, a younger center um, that does more. But he tonight he had 18-13. Tristan Thompson has been having a great season so far, being the offensive rebounder that he was when LeBron was there. Um, and he's got, he was able to get the win tonight against a, a Philadelphia 76 er team that's, in my opinion, been up and down till they had the Butler trade pretty um, the, you know, last time I think they've turned into a legit contender because of Jimmy Butler, but they're trying to figure out the chemistry. You can honestly see that. Um, and honestly for Cleveland, I mean, you see that these guys can win games now if they had the effort, they started like 0 and 9. And then when they finally showed effort, they can win games. So now that th- things are starting to translate to some games, they got some good production from just about everybody. Um, I think their coach started uh, Rodney Hood tonight, who's showing flashes of his old self. He had 10 of 20, 25 points. Uh, Colin Sexton had 23 points. Osmond had 20 points, and and Thompson had 18. And off the bench, Carson gave you 19. So they had really good production from uh, five guys tonight. Five guys that can get it in on any given night, but they just got to be able to put it together consistently. And Cleveland's got to put it all together and trust their process. Um, I don't think they can be, they should be a lottery team, but so far they're playing like it. And it's just about being inspired and being motivated while Kevin Love is trying to come back from injury. And then for Philadelphia, their acquiring of, of uh, Jimmy Butler, like I said, it made them a playoff team and a playoff contender. I do still think they're the last of the contender to be in consideration to come out of the East. They are the true third or fourth seed, depending on if Boston can turn it around. Um, with the addition of Jimmy Butler, I think this team is really, really good. Um, I think this team can do a, make a lot of noise and do a lot of damage to some other teams. But it's to be seen as, as if they can be consistent. They are a nightmare on the road right now. They have, they think they've won like one out of like six or seven games they've played on the road. So that's my hot take so far for how I think the teams will stack up. I hope y'all enjoyed this. This has been your boy DJ DJ94, aka D Johnson. Um, if you like what you're hearing, follow me on my Instagram underscore underscore DJ94 underscore underscore or please. Drop a donation um, for my podcast. I will greatly appreciate it. As I said before, I'm an aspiring sports anchor, aspiring sports journalist who is aspiring to be on somebody's television one day. So I would love the opportunity for y'all to support me. Um, like I said, when we have some more shows that come up, man, I'll definitely be back on my reality television grind. So look for that. Um, otherwise, uh, next time I'll be doing a hot take will be uh, uh, games 34 to 35. So we'll be taking a look at the NBA once more. But I'll be also doing some some NBA segments in between, man. If I like the games that come on Thursdays or Tuesdays or a game that stands out, we will get on podcast and review about it all, and, and, and talk about it as well and kind of get my feedback and my opinion about how I feel about the season. But I'm really excited about the NBA. I think there's a lot more parity to it. There are a lot more teams doing better than what I thought they were going to be from uh, my turn. I'm really surprised at uh, how Memphis came up. Definitely Brooklyn, definitely Orlando, um, definitely Milwaukee. I like how they're playing this year. Um definitely you know okc didn't surprise me i, I like the way they were playing lakers didn't surprise me i knew they were going to be in the playoffs but you know i, I like the way memphis is playing they bounce back so these are the teams that i think that really shocked me this year man and i'm really going to enjoy going forward but otherwise man that's going to do it for me tonight man i hope y'all enjoy both videos check out my college football take from the video before i shot that out to you guys earlier otherwise i'm going to be on the road back to atlanta tomorrow man so, so wish me luck on this drive and i'll probably have some content for you guys as we go forward otherwise thank you for your support and this has been talk that is with d johnson peace <laughs>